0: Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin.
1: The price you paid for my life, God's perfect sacrifice, sufficient for me. The blood of God to atone, my sin you made your own, you have sinned. You alone have risen, you alone have saved us You alone have rescued us from the grave Glories to reign now, all creation cries out You alone are king You alone
0: Good Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. The first part of the show is what I attempt to do is share with you what Victory Over Sin is and what we're doing on the radio today. Victory over Sin is a fully funded program from the advocacy program, advocacy arm, I guess, if you will, of St. Vincent de Paul here in southwest Idaho. Our mission, our goal, if you will, is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to come out of incarceration and be on parole. It's a mission that we take very seriously. We do it in several different ways. One of them is to do this radio show, which we've been doing for about two and a half years now. You can go back into the archives of KBXL and look under Victor Everson, and you'll see a long list of people who have been on the program before that work with people who are coming out of incarceration. You'll see people who've come out of incarceration. You'll see national leaders. You'll see state senators. You'll see all sorts of people who help us, uh, elected officials, uh, IDOC officials, and uh, it's a powerful work for understanding what's going on in the Department of Corrections. Go back and check it out. Uh, In addition to that, we also do a PowerPoint that we were happy to bring to your service group, to your uh, business, to your nonprofit, if you will. That is about a 20-minute presentation that articulates what it's like to be on parole and highlights some examples of what it's like. It's meant to spark some discussion, so if you're trying to find out about the Department of Corrections and how this affects our community, our state, if you will, this might be something to do. Uh, In addition to that, uh, we also have an office now that people can drop into now. It's at 8620 West Emerald Boulevard, Suite 140, that's on the corner of Benjamin and Emerald. We're there from 9 to 12 o'clock. In that capacity, we attempt to be the first stop for people coming out of incarceration. So if you know somebody that's getting out of incarceration, this should be one of the first places they go to. We offer some resources, and the great thing about my office is that everybody that's in there and that works there has been incarcerated, so they know exactly what it's like to be out that first day. In addition, if you're listening to my voice in the desert and you need a ride from the from uh, prison to the community, we'll be happy to pick you up. We have volunteers and staff who will go out and greet people, bring you into the office, and then take you around that first day to health and welfare, to PNP, and to traditionally most people are going to halfway houses these days, and we'll drop you off or wherever you want to go. So those are some of the things that we do. We're excited about that and about the future for. Uh, The state of Idaho as we take a look at what's going on in the Department of Corrections And how we can actually be a force for that. So things to look forward to in the future for you in terms of dates There's a community resource fair coming up at the vineyard on 9-11 that we will be talking more about It's an all-day affair in which almost every agency that works with people coming out of incarceration will have a table there and they'll talk to people We also tentatively have, the night before, the chapel booked at the Vineyard for uh, a speaker from New York by the name of Glenn E. Martin, and he uh, is the founder of Just Leadership USA, and he's coming in to talk to people about getting involved in the system and telling your story, if you will, if you've been incarcerated, so that you can have an impact on the legislature, legislators here in Idaho, and become a part of switching things around. We feel that a lot of things need to be corrected within the Department of Corrections, and this is a step, an ongoing step, for us at Victor Everson and Systemic Change of Idaho to do that. So we're excited about all that stuff. So that's all the future. Today, though, we've got a guest who's been on. It's been almost a little over two years since he's been on. He's a good friend, and uh, I think you'll be delighted to speak with him about what we talk about today. So we'll be right back.
2: The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and Coffee Shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick. At six two nine eight eight six one. That's area code two zero eight six two nine eight eight six one. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. This Saturday
0: afternoon, we're. Uh, I'm happy to have my friend come back from uh, Vertical Church. Mister Matt Williams is with us.
3: Hey, Mark. Good to see you.
0: Good to see you. Matt Williams is one of the nicest pastors, probably in the Treasure Valley. Um, and I'm happy you're back. We were. I was looking today before we came in. It's been. Almost a little over two years, it's been maybe. a long
3: time, yeah. yeah.
0: He was one of my very first kind of people I approached, and I said, hey, 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 come on and please help me do this, and he was nice enough to uh, go through my stages where I was learning how to do this stuff on the
3: radio. No, good stuff. Glad but, to be back. Yeah.
0: Tell us a little bit about Matt Williams and personal history and how you got to beautiful downtown Boise.
3: Well, um, I'm a Northwest guy. Grew up in the Portland area. Went to a Bible College and Seminary at Multnomah. Uh, was active in churches in the portland area was an elder at one uh, eventually accepted the call to pastor a church in texas for a couple of years and uh and then after that uh had a chance to get back to the northwest and had been to idaho before knew it was a an amazing place and and so uh came back here and pastored a, a church now called vertical church so, yeah.
0: And it was a cool, you guys were originally over by, um, what's the name of the rock and roll concert place? The, the Revolution. Revolution. Yeah. yeah. You were right next to that, weren't you?
3: Yeah, we were there between that and uh, Weinhof Drug Testing yeah. and uh, Talon Tattoo. So there was, you go, So it was man. a great location for great a church. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so how did that make the transition to where you are
3: now? Well, we had the opportunity to join with a church that had, uh, that had really struggled and they were, they were growing older and grayer and less and less were coming and they really wanted this fresh infusion of life and, and they reached out to us and they said, we'd really like it if you guys came here and set up shop and we'll just join with you. And that's exactly what we did. We called it, our, it was our church merger or our churcher as we mm-hmm. referred to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh,
0: and I think some was a cool thing about it is some of the elders who are there, are they're just the most gracious neat people. And uh, yeah, that's really, that's pretty special that that happened.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's a, it's a a unique thing that went off surprisingly well.
0: So it's really, it's a delight to watch. You also are unique in that you do a 530 Saturday service. Yes. Yeah. And tell me about the concept of that
3: and how that developed. Well, there's not a lot of churches in the valley that do a Saturday evening service. And and the church that I'm from, I'm from a uh, a mega church back in the Vancouver area. Um, it grew to be a mega church. It wasn't when we first started, and, and they always had Saturday evening services, and a lot of times there's a lot less stigma when you come Saturday night instead of Sunday morning. Sunday morning, you know, all those church people are going to be there, but Saturday night you can kind of slip in, and uh, it's not a uh, it's not a highly attended service, but we have a real regular core group of people that that can't be there Sunday or in some cases they're not comfortable being there sunday because they don't like big crowds or they don't you know and saturday night gives them kind of a safe place to to show up so
0: yeah and i think uh, i always take some pride in i think that i was there if not first sir so i think i was there at the first service so and i that was i had heard of you and uh from other people who had gone to the other service and so it was my way to try it i'm kind of a People who listen to my voice all the time know that I'm sort of a church junkie, but this is one of those, I needed a service at 530 because I couldn't quite make Sundays with other commitments, and this is perfect for me, and um, so those of you who are listening to us, this is an interesting way to kind of get in and to see a, um, a real dynamic uh, program that kind of serves your area. It really does, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, no. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun, too, because it's, I mean, our church is fairly relaxed, as it is, and Saturday night is just, I mean, it's, more relaxed. it's really relaxed. I've yeah. seen
0: him without shoes on. To, to yes, it. yes, yes, yes.
3: Yeah, no, it's <laughs> happened. Yeah, kick my flip-flops off and <laughs> That's right. have at it.
0: And I think, too, the thing that you do that I love is the fact that Uh, it's not a huge church number one but it also really serves the community it's a real contrast to i think the mega church you say you came from Mm -hmm. speak a little bit to that in terms of uh, why that's important or for you and for let's say you know your flock let's say
3: yeah well I've, i've always believed uh as christians that we should grow where we're planted and and whatever venue we find ourselves in whether uh It's in a job in a grocery store, whether it's as an executive for a corporation, wherever we're at, we need to grow and we need to have influence there. Well, we are in a particular physical location. Uh, We're in the middle of the Sunset neighborhood. And so being in that neighborhood, we should grow where we're planted. We should have influence over that area. And so... We try very hard to uh, to partner with the community. We partner with uh, the Sunset Neighborhood Association. We've yep. done that for years with them. Um, I
0: know you did stuff with the elementary school.
3: We've done stuff with Taft Elementary and Hillside uh, Middle School. So we we try and just really be engaged, and we try and be good neighbors more than anything else, and just show people that we're glad to be here and we're we're glad to be part of their community and part of their lives.
0: Yeah, I think the thing, the other one, the other one of the factors that got me certainly in your church was that I knew a lot of people, I'm an addict and I've been sober for 15 years now. And I know that a lot of addicts go to your, um, establishment and you, you welcome that from the pulpit. True.
3: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's so, uh, by the grace of God, I have a little over 23 years clean and sober and I got clean and sober after I started going to church. Uh, I was a mess when I started going to church and, uh, Gradually, I was able to get and start working recovery, and so there's kind of this feeling that I'm one of I'm one of them. I'm one. You're, you know, you're one of us. Right. You know. Uh, so, uh, but I do understand it, and it's and I think recovery, uh, recovery, and the Christian walk. There's a lot of similarities between them, as far as uh, acknowledging we're powerless uh, over our current condition, realizing that God is all powerful, and then asking Him to. To lead our lives, uh, yeah. there's just such a parallel there. Uh,
0: yeah, and I think that's uh, and and that's refreshing to come from you, from the pulpit. Uh, your style is such a uh, that it lends us as your flock to uh, credibly view what you're saying to us, mm-hmm. at least on Saturday night. And then. it it makes it even more powerful for somebody like me to see that you've been in that situation. So congratulations on that. That's why I think it's working. I think that's why you're successful with in the community. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. One of the reasons and one of the main reasons I think why I thought it was time we do this again was uh, so much of life is wrapped up in that addiction aspect Mm -hmm. and uh, those of us who are trying to live those Christian lives and you hit on something that um, a few weeks ago that was in the Saturday Night Service that I think he changed on Sunday. But it it, it addressed um, your relationship with your wife and the celibacy that you had and the way you waited. And I think that's such a powerful thing that those of us in society now need to address as Christians and how we live our life. And you said it so well, and I, I, I went to the tape and trying to find the tape and waited for waited for it to come out on YouTube and then it wasn't on YouTube. So mm-hmm. help me describe that issue because I think it's paramount to those of us who are young Christians and who are in addiction in a search for happiness, if you will, that mm-hmm. really, if you're a strong Christian then you really need to, and you're starting a relationship with a, a person that you're going to end up with, mm-hmm. it really needs to be something that you wait for uh, that matrimonial bed before you make that connection. And you, you said it so well, so. Yeah. I stumbled through that, but if you can help me say that.
3: Well, so I wasn't a Christian when Marge and I met. And so uh, we were like everyone else in the world uh, in, in our relationship, and we didn't withhold from one another sexually. Um, however, as a christian i've seen what happens when people come together and when they agree to uh to honor god in their relationship before marriage and i've seen how god blesses that after marriage mm-hmm. and it's a foreign concept in our society today uh, if you say you're dating someone or you're engaged to someone what that really means to most people who hear that is you're sleeping together that right. you that you are sexually intimate together, and that that's just part and. Parcel. When I post
0: on Facebook that I'm in a relationship, that means I'm we're 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 sleeping together and we're doing whatever.
3: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and so it's such a foreign concept for us in today's society to say no. There can be relationship, and there can be even intimacy uh, within a relationship without sexual intimacy before. Marriage, right.
0: And I think that the powerful thing that I think that you address this, let's, let's get to that is terms of what really happens in the way that your relationship has stayed together and when good relationships happen, it's because of that intimacy. It's because of how they've you've blended together and under the direction of their relationships with Jesus Christ. That's how it's worked, and it means so much more. And the sexual aspect of it in yes. the long term. Yeah. And somehow you got to that and made it so
3: dynamic that night. Well, you know, I, so I've been married now 25 years, going on 26 years. 20, no, 26. Ooh, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. Yeah, sure. Twenty six years. Should uh, pray forgive you. But uh, and so, as just looking at our relationship and how it's changed over time, and especially since we've become Christians, and the degree of intimacy that we experience on a day to day basis, um, so much of that intimacy is is non sexual. And I mean, it's and it's very true tender intimacy, and and, and it's being known, and it's you know I always laugh and say that so you know my favorite part of the day is is laying in bed with my wife and we uh, you know we spend some time we read our bible together and we uh, we talk a little bit yeah. and, uh, and 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 that's just like that's just the best stuff just being there and being close uh, together
0: and how do we how do we um, how do we share that with the world because that's boy, that is not a popular concept at all. I nope. mean, you know, it really isn't. No. And, and and it's almost like I used to think going around living my life as a Christian was hard. So, mm-hmm. and um, but now you're adding this other dimension to it. Because I see it too in the mm-hmm. groups that I do. Yeah, it's like you're doing okay, you're doing fine, you're sober, you're happy, you've got a good job. Hey, Mark, I met this lady. Yeah, and then boy, man, I met that lady, and then oops, man, and then I, I, I. I know I'm a Christian, I'm going to compromise on this one mm-hmm. little Bible verse. Mm-hmm. And then I tend to say, whoops, um, well, if I compromised here, then I could just get a little bit higher. I could just uh, take this from out of the till where I work because we need this. And then it's just like opens the door up to yeah. all the yeah. sin and everything. Does that make sense? Or
3: Absolutely. Really? Yeah. And it and it's um so I, I've been around for a while. I've been in recovery for a long time. Uh, I've served in a pastoral capacity for quite a while. And I've seen the same thing is that you get someone and they get, they get cleaned up, they get right on track, they get everything, and then all of a sudden relationship happens and it's a train wreck. And, and part of that is because as addicts and alcoholics, we're, we're nearly always looking for something to replace what's missing. We feel something's missing. And, and part of that is the obsession, is the mental, uh, the, the mental obsession that we have with drugs and alcohol. And so oftentimes what happens is we enter into these relationships and that becomes the focus and the obsession and and then sex just simply compounds that and uh... and it just leads to this really unhealthy dynamic
0: and it doesn't really the sexuality doesn't lead to the intimacy that you're seeking because It all it really does is open up a Pandora box of all the garbage that I've gone through in my life sexually with people, and all the garbage you've done in your life Mm -hmm. with those people. And it it, you you don't that's not something that you would share immediately right after that. Uh And it is something that you really should share before you get into that situation. Absolutely. I mean, I want to know those. I want to know you ultimately, intimately, everything about you, so that you're comfortable sharing every aspect of your life before. I get close to you in a sexual way. Yeah. And because all that's all that stuff's gonna come out. It's yeah. all gonna come out yeah. eventually. Yeah. And then yeah. then we've got whoops, there's one more on the old checklist mm-hmm. that you've messed up in terms of relationships. Does yeah. that
3: make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think part of that is uh is that sexual intimacy in a relationship outside of marriage is a shortcut. Uh it's a a, a shortcut to intimacy, but it's a very an ineffective dangerous? one. Yeah, uh, it's dangerous, dangerous. And, and ineffective. And so because we associate intimacy with sexual intimacy, we feel that, uh, that, you know, we've joined sexually with this person and we really know them. But the truth is, is we've created all these feelings. We've created all of this based on this sexual act rather than connecting with someone's exactly. spirit and soul and getting to know them and valuing things like their mind and their opinion yeah. and, and, and that.
0: And I used to think, because I'm older, I used to think, well, that's because of all these people who have all these other relationships. But, I mean, even if I have children, who one's 24, one's 23, and because they get involved, then they get off on the wrong foot with these people who and you don't even know how they've been raised or what's happened to them in their past. And you get – you. You impact all of those. Even it's the same thing at 20 as it is at 60, mm-hmm. and so. But it's all a shortcut to the relationship with Jesus and listening to what Jesus says to do. Because mm-hmm. I've always kind of whined about the fact that I'm older and single and all this kind of stuff. But it's still the same generation. You know, I got yeah. we got an article that I kind of ran across where. From uh, family life, who's I think they're on this radio station too, but it says why I wish I hadn't. We hadn't lived together before marriage. Mm -hmm. You you have a tendency to jeopardize what could be a really striking kind of relationship, just because you're taking a shortcut because of what society tells you to do. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's very true, and and we see it again and again, and and the thing that's crazy is. The instances where I've seen people do the right thing and not have sexual intimacy before marriage, and and there are still people that do that, as, as hard as that may be to know, believe, to believe yeah. uh, there are still adult, grown up people that yeah. Right. And, and uh, when we see that, we see just how God tremendously blesses uh, that union, that marriage, and uh, and and it's a powerful thing. And and like I said, we we look for the shortcut. And and one of those things that's just kind of the lie of the devil, I think, in a lot of senses. So. Yeah, it's it's the 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 quick easy way is almost always his way. That's true. And and the way that takes some perseverance and takes some integrity, that's God's way.
0: Yeah, and, and it's uh, that's you know, and that's I'm not sure how we uh, how we convince or how we bring this dialogue to the forefront uh, that's, this is really really not popular. No. This is really not going to be something that but I think it's also something that people really need to talk about. It's something that I need to you know you try to get to your kids or my kids and uh, it, it's not working with mine. So I mean I just um, it's a difficult one to do isn't mm-hmm. it?
3: Yeah it, well it's it's one of those things you're not supposed to talk about in church right? Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to talk about sex yeah, which, really... is, which is silly because a lot of the Bible is about sexual relationships, and we see dysfunctional sexual relationships. Absolutely. We see all sorts. We see idealized ones, uh, and uh, there's a lot of ink that's spilled on sexual mm. relationships, and yet it's not something we can we can talk about in church. Uh, we, you know, we have to put the earmuffs on the kids, that's right, and. That's uh, right. Yeah, well, I mean, careful.
0: for Joseph and Mary to say, uh, well, you know, you're going to have to just go with this guy. I mean, mm-hmm. God saying to him, say, this is going to be okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I, Melissa, I need, can I see something in writing here? I need to hear that. You right. know, this is a pretty big deal here. Yeah, yeah. How am I going to explain this? It's uh, yeah. you know, so, Kind
3: of a game changer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I don't know, it was, we were talking about this before, Eric, because uh, this has always kind of been intriguing for me, and it's coming up more and more in some of the work that we do kind of we see and stuff like that but i have a friend who as this airs i'm going to his wedding and uh, he's done that and he's close to my age and he has actually done the way it's supposed to do and he's been incarcerated he's doing it sober for the first time Mm -hmm. and he's doing it the right way and so it'll be interesting to see how god blesses his marriage i'm looking forward to it so it's kind of interesting what else is going on in the vertical? Did we, did we kick that topic? Because you probably now, nobody's ever um, going to come to your church because they're going to talk about what, you're, what, you're, what you believe now. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be right. no casual kind of connection there. Or if it is a casual connection, you're not going to bless it.
3: Yeah, no. Uh, um, yeah, we've got some great stuff coming up. Uh, we've got one of the things that we love doing uh, with our community is National Night Out. And mm-hmm. uh, that's coming up here in August. And uh, we're partnering with the Sunset Neighborhood Association and having a big powwow for that. We're right at Sunset Park, is where our church is located at, mm-hmm. off of Thirty Sixth Street, and so uh, it'll be a big party. We we really like to party at Vertical. Uh, I think it's important that uh, we experience fun together and we have a good time together and yeah. we hang out together and grow as a family.
0: And there really are good people there too. I think the other thing that uh, you can we'll be talking about more as we go forward. Um, Matt is a partner uh, with m- with myself and my organization, an event that we've got scheduled for on uh, November the 2nd, in which we are going to take a look at this addiction issue mm. from a faith-based perspective, and we are talking about a pretty exciting day at Vertical. So if you get your calendars out, put 11-2 on the date in which there will be uh, certainly an events. So it looks like a speaker coming from around the area and then an all-day kind of breakout sessions in the afternoon and then Matt maybe speaking or preaching like he normally does mm-hmm. that evening, so that Saturday afternoon. So if you're in a situation where an addiction or you're looking for something, that might be a good excuse to go to vertical for the day and then end up coming and listening to your service.
3: Yeah, and, and so the idea with us is we're going to kind of, uh, I mean, we have this event all during the day, mm-hmm. but you're more than welcome to stay for the sermon, welcome for the it. worship and there the you sermon. Go there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's a nice it, lead-in. And it's going to be about recovery. There so go. yeah. uh, it's, it's going to be a passage and a discussion about recovery in our walk with I, God. It's
0: one of those things that, uh, I love how we do it. We say we're going to do it, we're not sh- quite sure how it's going to come together yet, but it right. is going to be good. You yes. can tell. I can
3: yeah. tell it's going to be yeah. good. No, I'm excited about it. Matthew, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, glad to be here. Good to see you, my friend. Okay.
1: You alone have risen. You alone have saved us. You alone have rescued us from the grave. Glorious you reign now. Creation cries out. You alone are.
0: tell he's a good guy and uh, if you're cruising around you're looking for a church you're looking for some place just to walk into and sit down and listen this would be a good spot and i would encourage 5:30. man you can come sit at the back i always sit in the back and don't stand and so if you wanna, you're one of those kind of guys you can come sit with me uh you want to get in touch with us or me have you direct you to matt i'll be happy to do that we're pretty easy to reach, www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email, systemicchangeofidaho, all spelled out, at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, systemicchangeofid. We're on Instagram, systemicchangeofid. You can even call us on the phone at area code 408-477-1006. I look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over